or give us a call at 507-663-7937. Let us go to work for you. 20 minutes past 7 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Joining us now at our studio are uh, Northfield's Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martig. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in today. I wasn't expecting yeah. you until last night, or until I found out yesterday that there's a work session yeah. uh, last night. So let's talk about that. First of all, yeah. um, that was the, what, the fifth Tuesday of the month? Yeah. Uh, and usually that's an off week, but... Uh, yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Day and after you, the holiday? And you had a new start time as well. It was like an hour earlier. Yeah. And I understand that caused a few technical problems but you work through that okay yeah. Yeah. but l- let's talk about first of all the reasoning behind this yeah so it was a special work session and really was designed around giving the council as a, the local governing body right an opportunity to have some dialogue ask some additional questions um, hear one another's perspective as well as being able to have uh, legal counsel there we have Jenny Bolton uh, of uh, Kennedy and Graven, our bonding council. We had Nick Anhut uh, that was there from Ellers, who is, uh, supports our finance. He's our financial representing, our financial advisor. We had a lot of people around the table last night and joining us uh, virtually was City Attorney Hood. So giving that council that extra moment in time, because we had it, there was a, as you said, it was the fifth Tuesday, giving the council that extra time to really dialogue and if there were additional questions, concerns around the 2023 street reconstruction project, the petition that was given to the city, uh, that extra space uh, to be able to just dialogue about that in advance of our June 6th meeting where we would be authorizing the bids, which is that next step Mm-hmm. in the street reconstruction process that we go through each and every year. And, and let's talk about uh, the uh, the petition, the reverse referendum that uh, went around. Uh, some people from the Town Home Association in that neighborhood kind of led the charge on that. But they got uh, somewhere around 1,100, 1,200 signatures or so on it, so it's kind of hard to ignore. But the city, uh, they turned it into the city. Uh, and uh, after taking a look at it, there were some issues that the city had as far as the uh, you know, cor- correct procedures and uh, that that needed to go th- uh, that uh, they needed to go through to get that petition to, to uh, uh, I guess, be a legally binding one. Let's first of all talk about that a little yeah. bit. What were the uh, issues they f- they found with that? Yeah. So just to be maybe start just very briefly, Jeff the the. The financing tool that we're using has a period after decisions made about using that tool and acting on it where there could be, if there's a petition of 5% of voters received um, and then they follow the appropriate format and it's filed, then in order for the financing to be used, you have to either hold an election for the voters and doesn't specify what time period or wait a year and then you could go basically through the process again if you're using that financing tool. Doesn't limit us from doing the project with other financing mechanisms, which is an option, but this time we're using that financing tool. The petition appeared that, as you said, the numbers of signatures received when it was received by your city clerk who's responsible for elections under state law and also um, handles that for us. Document management is their duties. Um, five of the nine uh, components required under state law that's easily found on the Secretary of State's office were deficient. 
However, the period of time that's required under law allows for a certain time period for the petition to be filed. So within 24 hours, we quickly responded to the petitioners, indicated where the deficiencies were so that they had the time and opportunity to correct that. They basically had two full days, and with the number of signatures, I think it could have been done. They chose not to do that. Instead, ended up basically standing by their legal position from their attorney who represented them, saying, no, we're in, we're in, we're in good shape. Despite our notice of that deficiency, and then we had some follow-up correspondence with that. So, of course, the council had questions, and as the mayor said, we went into a work session. But I would say the clerk position is neutral on the topic of policies related to streets or even our financing, but they have a duty uh, to follow election laws. So just like running elections, they can't just ask people's words that, you know, take someone's word that they're a voter. They have to follow the legal requirement of the state, and they can't vary from that. And in Northfield, we stand to those requirements and make sure that, that we do that, because in effect, that's what this is doing. It would be calling for an election to decide on whether or not to use this financing tool for the project. So, um, you know, we basically processed that, and, um, uh, you know, that was kind of the background on the uh, petition process. So we're, you know, when you, when you sat down at the table last night to, to start the uh, discussion, where did that discussion begin now that we have the background on it? So that the council was given an opportunity. There was a petition summary. There was additional information that was in the council packet on why uh, the petition was deficient. The councils received all of that information. Everything that was given to uh, the petitioners, the five people that were supporting that petition, uh, the council received as well. So they knew and understand what the conversation has been. Mm -hmm. um, I think there were some additional questions. Council asked a lot of really great questions. And I would just say I was very pleased with the tone around the table from the council. Um, it's a difficult topic, and I uh, just really appreciate the level of thoughtfulness, uh, the respectful dialogue, the back and forth, and asking some questions. It, this was an extra night that they were supposed to have off. And they all came in. They knew and understand this was an important moment for us to have this conversation. And uh, just really great questions on what is the right-of-way. People feel that almost like we're taking um, private property. And so there was some additional uh, questions around that. Um, we asked some questions around the surrounding the picture that was um, circulating as a reason why people should sign the petition. Uh, there were many different questions that were asked, and I'm sorry, they're not all coming right to my mind right now, but... Councillor Ness asked questions, Councillor Reister, Councillor Peterson-White, um, Councillor Holmes, myself. Uh, we were all asking questions just to ensure that we were in solid ground and knowing and understanding how we could stand behind our decision as we move forward on June 6th, because that is the next step where council need to give that direction. Let's talk about the uh, city attorney, Chris Hood. You mentioned he was there, but he was there remotely, and I'm sure he's been filled in on uh, uh, the, uh, the whole situation and, and has researched that from a legal standpoint. What did, uh, what did he advise last night? Well, I think I kind of covered it on some of those legal issues, basically, okay. that there's... Um, clear statute and case law on it. I, I would say from a, a legal perspective, um, one of the things to keep in mind that um, around the, the, the legal issue that we've already received from their attorney is um, 
there's a lot of, I think, misunderstanding of state law, even tying it in with the city charter. I would say, though, that this isn't new, this isn't new territory for Northfield. The charter seems to always get brought into the conversation, has no, has no connection to this particular financing. You know, we've had a long track record of past examples of the police station supposedly being illegal. The Fairfield Inn project was apparently illegal. The Fifth Street lofts and even a, a city charter initiated amendment to the charter around zoning was indicated to be illegal, despite them, uh, the the city charter actually hired their own independent attorney to say, nope, this is the right thing to do, but yet that was still illegal. But again, I don't, I haven't been able to figure out why this tactic continues to be used. Uh, I can't say what the motivations are behind that, but I've stopped trying to figure out why, and I would say all the city can do is make sure that we question the legal facts, the council's asking hard questions like the mayor said, and then we follow uh, through with the law, and that's what we do. Um, so I think that's the bottom line from that. And, you know, I would say, too, we did receive a um, late in the afternoon, we received threatened litigation. That if the council does end up taking action on the project with that financing tool, there was a threat to go into district court. That opened up that that threat of litigation basically under state law allows the city to go into closed session to debate it. We chose to stay open. The council didn't ask to go into closed session because they wanted to be transparent and open. The law is out there. We're on solid foundation legally, you know. So I think that's also I think in, indicative of how strongly we feel about with, that we're doing the right thing. Okay, let's let's uh, let's put aside the mm -hmm. legal issues altogether. Mm -hmm. Presume that uh, next week you're going to get some yeah. bids, and you accept those bids or not. Um, once again, the legal aspects aside, you, you had 1,100 people, including a whole neighborhood, pretty much, uh, say they, they're, they're not, they don't like this. You know, what do you learn? What do you glean from that? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't stop, mm -hmm. if everything just goes through, that's a lot of people. That's yeah. a, and that's something you got to think about. Yeah. Let me, let me yeah. start, Jeff, and then just uh -huh. say that I think that's a great point because that actually transitions. After, the meeting was kind of broken into two pieces. One was the legal aspects, but then what to do. The policymakers, the council, could decide to, despite the petition issue, we gave them multiple options. In fact, the, the bids, as you said, are good. We, we received multiple bids, so the, the, you know that's one thing to keep in mind. But awarding the bid as is was one option. Awarding the bid and seeking a change order to remove a section of the project along Heritage and Lincoln by the townhomes where we know the core petitioner group has been raising issues was an option to pursue that. And then the third option, which we were actually preparing for because based on what was being reported, staff, the city clerk, legal attorneys actually were preparing to accept the petition and then move forward with the option, which was to reject bids. And then there's two course of actions because the, the bidding is too tight of a timeline. So if the petition were, you know, basically determined to be valid, we'd have to reject the bids. But then looking at a general election, most likely next year, because it's very costly to do a special election could save some money that was one option to do that or just simply put it into the capital plan put it off more than a year maybe revisit the project was another option so the council council had the opportunity and to, to discuss those and maybe the mayor could talk a little bit about some of that discussion but I think that you know there was a lot of 
you know, consideration around the petition and the council was actually very positive around the democratic process. We're following democratic processes, but they also talked a lot about supporting the idea of people getting involved in doing petitioning and we don't want to discourage that. So they discussed those options, but I think there was a lot of cautionary uh, things to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mayor, maybe you can uh, talk about that and your thoughts on that and what some of the questions were mm-hmm. and uh, what, where, the, uh, where the council uh, went to on, 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 in that part of the discussion. Yeah, I think really, again, just really good conversation and comments by the council as a whole. I'm just so impressed by, again, the thoughtfulness and the clear articulation of some of my council colleagues around the DS is really quite impressive, I would just say. Um, I think the council really took the situation very seriously. We acknowledge uh, the 1,100 signatures. It's pretty significant in my time of service on the council. I've never seen something like this. Certainly we hear from some folks, right, when they're not happy about a potential action that we're about to take. That is part of the process. We are never always going to make everyone happy. Uh, 1,100 signatures, though, is a little bit different. And the story that I think some of us were hearing behind some of those signatures was that people were upset about the tax levy. People were upset about a different project, not the current one, but a different project that was on the horizon. People were feeling like we were not listening to people, and so they wanted to make their voice heard by signing a petition. Uh, Some people, it was directly about the specific project that we're to vote on. None of it, I don't believe, was specifically about the financing mechanism which is what it's clearly connected to, is the financing mechanism. So whether or not there, that is clear communication back to the council for us to know and understand how best to proceed, I, I would say it's just it's very unclear. What we do know is that multiple people, many people in our community, signed a petition for one reason or another, but it wasn't so to prevent us from going out to use that particular mechanism to finance a project. They're unhappy for one reason or another. And I think the council has listened extensively. Mm -hmm. We have on several different meetings, council members have been at open houses. They've been listening. They've been responding to emails. And everyone is different in how they do that as a council person, right? But uh, I think we took into account not only the public feedback and input that we receive, but it's also the technical nature of all of the information that we're given, as well as uh, finance, uh, financial considerations and our long-standing adopted policies. So taking all of that into account, then the council needs to move forward and give guidance on how to proceed. And this council does it really well, not perfectly. I think uh, there were some of us last night that were asking, is there a better way that we can be communicating? What are the tools that we need to have in our tool bags to ensure that we're getting out there as broadly as possible to the community when we are in development of these key plans that affect our uh, road construction projects as they move forward? We're going to have one of these every single year. 
And it's really important that our community know and understand what the policies are, how they affect their personal property. And when we go out and ask for these uh, citywide policies, input on these citywide plans, it's really important for people to take the time and engage and give their feedback and input on those. Once again, we're talking with uh, Mayor Pownell and City Administrator Martin. We're talking about last night's City Council work session where they were discussing some road construction projects and uh, the funding and a, a number of other uh, issues surrounding that. Uh, next week, you're going to do something. There will actually be some action taken. Mm-hmm. You'll have a regular, uh, a regular meeting as opposed to the work session. Uh, and... You know, the clock is ticking. If you're going to do this, you can't really put it off anymore uh, because it's, it's, it'll be June, what, 2nd, June 1st? June's, or tomorrow's the first day of June, so it'll be uh, well into June. This week, I, you know, I want to ask you to, to speak for everybody, but I'll just ask you to speak for yourself, Mayor. Yeah. What are the things that you're going to be thinking about doing as we, as we head into that uh, a very big decision mm-hmm. next week? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of the council's doing, as well as myself, we're doing a lot of self-reflecting about how we move forward and how we communicate with the public. Showing that you uh, have compassion, that you have empathy for their uh, particular viewpoints and perspectives is absolutely essential. We are here, we're representing the people that elected us to office, and that's all 20,000 of our community. And there are many people out there that didn't sign the petition that we also need to take their perspectives into account. Um, I think as we move forward, we're going to be engaged. We're going to be thinking about how can we do this better. I think uh, the council was clear. I have some concerns about going out, um, putting something to the, the voters on whether or not we move forward on a street reconstruction project. It's not good governance. Every year we cannot uh, send to the voters the opportunity or to, as a decision-making body, through an election process, to say, do you want us to move forward with this particular road construction project? That is not good governance. Every time you go to the voters, uh, it puts things in flux on determining whether or not a road is done or not. And it's a long process. Even the existing process that we are utilizing now from start to finish is over two years. May 10th in that project process was the first date. And I believe July 2024 is the final payment uh, for the construction company that's doing the project. It's a long process. Now, if you want to... Uh, insert within that process, we go out to the voters anytime a community or a neighborhood is upset about a partic- particular design of a project. Now you're delaying a project an additional year or two years, and what happens if the voters vote it down? Do we want our streets to not be done? Is that really the best way of determining whether or not you do a road construction project? I can't get behind sending road construction projects to voters to determine whether or not we update our streets. It's not the best way to handle it. And so I value and I appreciate all those that signed the petition. And I think that that's really important. I appreciate it. Jeff, I see you. You're like, Rhonda, you're talking too long. It's time to be done. Um, 
I really appreciate those that worked really hard to gather all those signatures, and I can't imagine what they must be feeling like in this moment. Their hope was that the petition would stop the road construction project or get some other design or options on the table. That's not the guidance that was given last night by the city council. It's pretty clear there is support about moving forward to that next step uh, to authorize uh, IMS uh, construction to proceed with the project. It's really important that we do these projects each and every year so we don't get behind. We have a lot of roads that are not in good condition. Delaying road construction projects only shifts the burden onto future generations and can cause spikes in our levy that we don't want. We want more of a steady levy um, with these road construction projects. And if you pile them all up within a single year or push off needed ones um, that really need to get done, it, it's just not good for our community. I see you, Jeff, yeah, smirking at me. Like, You're done. You're uh, done. One more, one more thought. Uh, good points by the mayor. One last thing I think that's really important that we, that staff provided to council as they deliberate is that we do have good bids and that as the mayor said that we need to have road projects done there could be a chilling effect if the council chooses to do a voluntary election while we have good bids because these contractors put a lot of time and energy into it the one that's the apparent low bidder was inquiring about whether this project was actually going to happen as they evaluate other projects to bid on so if we start now rejecting bids i think it creates a real question about whether there will be certainty for contractors to bid on projects in the future we might get less bids there could be increased costs by them allocating more costs so i think that's a it's a real issue that i think the council needs to deliberate with as they as they consider that decision uh moving forward as well but certainly the i think the mayor makes some good points as well but Next week, it's on the agenda for award of bids uh, to be considered. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Poundell and City Administrator Ben Mardig. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield.